This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll. And I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What is going on? Let me uh, get to a place where you can hear me. Yeah, that would have been something to do like before the podcast started, but that's okay. That's boring, you know? I like to uh, get under your skin, upset you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so... I'm very upset. Yeah, yeah. And this one's not my fault. I'm just throwing fuel on the fire right now. <laughs> Yeah, so Caps fans, today we're going to be talking about that Danbury Trashers Netflix Untold Crime and Penalties um, special, which we both watched. I'm sure you watched it. If you haven't watched it, you should. It's pretty goddamn good, actually. Um, We'll be talking about that. If you're going to watch it, maybe don't listen, because we're probably going to give spoilers. Right, so if if you're about avoiding spoilers, definitely turn us off now. Um, but just put us on mute. Keep us rolling so we get the stream. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I think that I think that at this point, if you've listened this far, you, we've gotten credit for the for you as a viewer. So that's okay. You can log off now. Um, and and then an additional bit of news: uh, we in last week's or last Monday's in Monday's episode, I should say, we said that we would have Bob Matthews on for next week. That didn't happen um thanks bob uh we'll 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 be uh hitting him up later and absolutely thrashing the fuck out of him for bailing on us you know us the official capture podcast how do you do that how do you do that i don't know well sadly it's been done before <laughs> yeah so Polly and I are actually only one for one well i mean how many times have we been ditched twice now at least it's got to be. It's, I'm sure well, it's more. Guaranteed, too, that yeah. I can think of. You lined up one and I lined up one, so. Yeah, so we'll, uh, uh, you know, we'll make up for it. We'll we'll have Bob on, but. Yeah, we'll make not, up for it. Not next week. Not next week. Uh, at some point where we will thrash him. I mean, you know, he's he's the, it's the rookie podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, I want to be honest, if this was hockey, his shit would get thrown in the shower. Yeah, I mean, at the least, right? <laughs> Maybe the, the trash can and then dump out your, your spitter on it. Yeah. Ooh, what? Yikes, that's fucked up. I don't know. Well, I then, mean, he'd definitely be getting hit a couple times in practice. Like, Then you'd want to put bore. your stuff in the shower yeah. after the spitter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, let's pop some taps. We're just kidding about Bob anyways. Yeah. But... Half kidding. Like, quarter kidding. All right. Let's pop some tabs. One, two, three. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing he probably doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> this will be the first one he listens to. <laughs> I hope so, honestly. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, did you hear that they had a Netflix hockey... I mean, look, man. Anytime hockey gets play on, like, Netflix or anything... I don't care if it's a kid movie or whatever. I'm gonna fucking watch it. So, I, I stumbled upon this late one night um, as it was a new release. Because, you know, Netflix does a good job of putting their new releases up top. You know, great great platform, obviously. I think that every... I mean, I think Netflix is, is obviously a, a, a household name at this point if you're under the age of 60. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I mean, 
it would, uh, it's a, um, I, I mean, th- this, it started off very sketch because I, I honestly had no idea that this happened. I yeah. knew crazy shit happened in, during the lockout season, but to this extent. Yeah, I never really knew that there was a hockey mafia thing, <laughs> especially in this century. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, I mean, I, the, the only thing that I could really kind of like, uh, compare it to is the thing that like with the, the ESPN story with the Islanders that they had like that video or that movie yeah. come out with Islanders were bought by like that guy who's basically like on a, in a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. He just like kept getting loan after loan until, I mean, you know, just side note there. Yeah. He probably would have been able to pay everything off once he had the team. Yeah. I mean, he had the team. He did have it for like a couple years. But yeah, um, unfortunately the Islanders were shitty back then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that sucks. But yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's definitely an interesting, interesting thing. Um, so... You know, they, they start off this series, this whole Danbury Trashers thing. Uh, and they say, like, the Sopranos, this this guy, uh, Jim Gallant, or Galani, it was supposed to be... Gallant? Gallant or Galani. Whatever. Well. Anyways, the owner of the Danbury Trashers was supposed to have, like, a... He was supposed to be the person that uh, Tony Soprano was modeled off after. Because... This guy was a like a basically a mafia strongman, and owned and and employed those tactics in like the New Jersey area uh, for their sanitation department, their 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 trash company. Yeah, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey. Yeah, he um, <clears throat> he was called a trash czar. <laughs> so. You know what they say, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah, I mean, you know, he really built quite an empire. And yeah. it was just like in The Sopranos. Um, so I'm watching The Sopranos currently. I'm on the end of, towards the end of season four. Damn, dude. Yeah. Do you work at all? Yes. yes Jesus. Um, you were in season one, like three we- two weeks ago. Well, actually... I pretty much only watch in the morning or whenever my wife's not home. So we're both working from home. So 10 eppies a day. I can't watch The Sopranos during work because we're together. She doesn't want to watch it. Well, divorce her. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, um, they have some trash wars going on, but they don't get too deep into that in The Sopranos. But... In this, I mean, like, he was really involved in, like, blowing up trucks and stuff. Like, catch out of a fire. Yeah, I mean, basically, this Galanti guy, he would strong-arm people and threaten them with their lives if they started a trash company in his, in his, on his turf. Yeah. 
And he was also, you know, obviously probably with some politicians and things like that in the area to get these contracts, right? So, you know, that's basically the gist of his racketeering, is what they would call that. Yeah, and so, you know, to really bring home how what kind of life this guy lived, his son gets hurt in high school, playing high school hockey. Right. And so, because his son can no longer play hockey, he buys him a minor league team and makes <laughs> him the president and GM at 17 years old. Right. And so, what happened was this kid caught the hockey bug, as we all have, and wanted to play the sport. And, you know, he says, like, I had no idea what the hell hockey even was before my kid got involved in it. And it was the same for my parents, too. I mean, your parents are a little different, right? Um, well, basically when the, the Thunderbirds came to Wheeling and at the same time my siblings got into it. So basically the same thing. Gotcha. And and so when when this all happened, like we uh I, I mean I I understand completely like how that catches a kid and he becomes super passionate about it, starts playing, plays in the high school team. I'm not sure how really good uh, what was his name was AJ or something? Yeah, he he looked like he was a decent skater, and he just he was a good. Yeah, he just gooned it up, hit guys, and that's okay. I mean, you know what? Pretty there's, common for high school hockey. Yeah, there's a place for everybody uh, if you can do that. Um, and and so he starts playing, and then gets a nasty injury. Uh, never is able to play hockey again, or at least not in his high school career. So this is what his dad did for him. Uh, you know, I will say in this movie, they came out and like, you could tell family was big. I mean, you know, he was a good father. Yeah. (laughs) He adored his son. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and, and honestly, like you, you look at it and it's like, everybody kind of turned out okay, I guess, if you will. I don't know. I mean, uh, (laughs) except for the, the like Puerto Rican, trash company that got their car lit on fire and like probably the, all the people that the dude killed but um <laughs> everybody hard working people that happen to be competition right exactly uh so the damn bear so when he bought this team it, it was uh I believe like kind of like a junior team but then they were like they moved him into the semi-pro racket and it was a hockey called like called the United Hockey League yeah the UHL yeah, so the UHL, which is, <laughs> let's just say this, the league that the champions during this time ascended to, or I'm, it, it, yeah, is the ECHL. So it was like on par or below the ECHL, uh, probably below the ECHL. So that's what, the, I mean, it was kind of like the Southern Hockey League, things like that. Yeah, and just for more context, um, the future semi-pro teams in Danbury were in the FHL. Right. Which, again, is kind of uh, a pro league below the ECHL. Right. So that's really like, you know, I mean, for pro leagues, that's, that's kind of bottom of the barrel, if you will. Yeah, I mean, these guys aren't going nowhere. Right. It's very uncommon for one of these players to make it to the NHL. Yeah. I mean, so these guys are leaps and bounds 
better than the majority of hockey players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they are still very low below NHL. Right. If that makes any sense, I'm sure for people who know hockey that, that does. But if you're listening for the first time, that's kind of the, the spectrum. Yeah. Um, now, the Danbury Trashers, they played the 04 and 05 season and the 05 06 season until uh, Daddy got popped and had to serve like a seven year stint in federal prison for racketeering and other, you know, various other counts. Um, I mean, it looks like he, and he's obviously for this movie, he was obviously out and he's been out of jail for a, or prison for a very long time. Um, but he was charged with 72 various counts, uh, including racketeering. Uh, and one was pertained directly to the threat thrash, the trashers as why it was wire fraud. So like it involved the team, you know, like everything was kind of mixed up into this. Yeah. So he wasn't exactly playing on the on an even playing field when he had the trashers, uh, especially when it came to salary cap. But at the same time, he put a he and consequently put a pretty good team out there. Yeah, he did. I mean, he was paying people under the table. He brought in some people who I think were a little better than the rest of the league. Um, but they still built something very impressive. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of winning, week two football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week three with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, to kick off another action-packed week. DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook now and place a bet of $1 on any week one game and receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first cash or their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER on Indiana. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Boom. That's my ad read. Hitting you off. You sounded um, like one of those commercials where they're squeezing so many words in. Yeah. Like you flew through that. I'm but getting it was good. it was you know, I could hear it. I can understand it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um I've got that amazing podcast voice. Um I have a I have a body built for radio and podcasting. You do? I do. Uh you know elite power athlete, muscle composition aside. It's, it's just, dormant. It's dormant. It's just laying there. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyways, where were we with the Danbury Trashers? They no. did put in a good a good team, and they won. 
you know, they, they had an 0405 season. They made the playoffs. I mean, this is an upstart team. They actually made the playoffs. They, ha- I mean, they did all sorts of like sensationalism stuff. Like they got, uh, Wayne Gretzky's brother to play. Yeah. Um, you know, in the 0506 season, they got Mike Rupp, who won a cup with New Jersey down the road. And, you know, I think that people don't realize, and I don't realize this because I've never lived in the area, but like Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey are like that tri state area is incredibly close. Yeah. So, uh, kind of being, you know, even though it's in this, this team was in Connecticut, uh, it's very close to like New York and New Jersey. But, uh, you know, I mean, so basically what happened was in their inaugural season when, when the Galanis took over, they basically, um, you know, in, in this 0405 season, they kind of had, uh, it says nine rate or they, they were, they started playing around 500 hockey. Right. Um, and then a quarter of the way through the 0405 season, they went on a seven game unbeaten streak and they moved to first place in the Eastern division. Uh, this also included, uh, Two brawls during the season, like huge brawls, and then in this in this first altercation uh, against the Kalamazoo Wings on December first, this Wingfield guy who's a part of this show or this movie, pretty he's like in a bar <laughs> doing his interview, which I mean that's like the perfect setting for any hockey player to be talking, right? Yeah. Uh, after a game in the bar, um, he tried to instigate a fight, but then another Wings player came by and basically dragged him down by the back of his jersey over a leg, and he broke his ankle. Um, yeah, apparently it was pretty gruesome. Yeah. And then uh, they had a guy who's like the first um, African-born player to play in the NHL. Yes, I believe Nigerian. Yeah, Noter. And he fought two players, attempted to kick a linesman, and charged the wings bench uh, before officials were able to subdue him. And if you look, if you watch this movie, like, they are trying to subdue this dude. He is just enraged. I mean, a linesman is literally, like, on his knees with, like, hands around his shoulder and under his armpit like <clears throat> trying to like drag him down and the dude's just like nah <laughs> just a beast man um he was a scary man yeah uh and then he had a little time in the nhl yeah and i mean he was it wasn't exactly like he was an all-star or anything he but still i mean pretty cool feat to be the first guy like that to do that in the nhl and then you know obviously he was there to fight yeah, and he played 69 games in the NHL. Nice, nice. Um, <clears throat> you know, obviously, with this officiating, with this brawl, uh, Galani, James Galani, who is the guy that, that owned the team, uh, the, the mafia boss or mob boss, if you will, um, he entered the ice via the penalty box and got in a shouting match with the linesman and allegedly punched him. And then he was charged with assault and fined. You know, they say in the movie that, like, this really kind of, like, if, if he would have not had this hockey team and just really kind of, like, done what he was doing, probably wouldn't they would have never been able to find him. I mean, he was already under investigation, but this kind of, like, 
gave them gave the feds a lot of uh, dirt on them. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a hard thing to ignore. Yeah, exactly. Especially the way they were doing it. In like the 17-year-old kid to GM and president. Now, obviously, you know, and AJ, the his son, really kind of says like this was not something that I was prepared for. Like it was, uh, it was a shit show. Um, I think he was in over his head, but he, I, and this sounds crazy, but like he was probably like one of the first people to like utilize the internet. <laughs> is into its depth to build a team. And now we've got people who are all over the internet, you know, using stats and there's all these people that do these great uh, websites like cap friendly and hockey reference and things like that uh, to, to, to do research on, on players and, and log stats. But before this, I mean, this was kind of the, this is like Oh four, man. I mean, I graduated high school in Oh five. I mean, there was no reference for this. Yeah. I mean, that was, I guess, one of the advantages of him not having, like, experienced scouts and stuff, and also being a younger guy. He turned to the one thing that he was familiar with, the internet, and he definitely had that advantage over the older guys yeah. in the business, um, and he assembled quite a team. Yeah, and I mean, later on in their inaugural season, you know, they've had another brawl, which resulted in, you know, coaches being suspended, fired, players being suspended uh, for, you know, not little time, like 10, 20 games. It's insane. Um, and then, but, but you know, the Trashers continue to win. Um, and, you know, I mean, they had guys like John Cena in the house and... Uh, you know, they, they combine, I mean, it says in this one, well, I'm reading their Wikipedia, uh, the teams combined, like on February 23rd, 2005, Thrashers again hosted the Adirondack Frostbite. World Wrestling Entertainment superstar John Cena was on hand for what resembled more of a WWE event than a hockey game. The teams combined for 106 penalty minutes in the first period. <laughs> That's crazy. And six game misconducts were issued in the first 10 minutes of the game. Um, the Trashers would go on to win that. I mean, this is one of those teams that, like, wanted to play you in the dirt. They didn't want to play you, like, you know, on your game. And they knew exactly how to disrupt. I mean, they, they took control, it sounds like. I mean, from from the get-go. We're going to – this is going to be a bloodbath, and you better be prepared. And most teams weren't, which is crazy because, you know, you, you look at these lower leagues and you think that they would be. Yeah, I mean, this is basically – the Sopranos, Slapshot, and Goon <laughs> thrown into a blender and dumped into the real world. That is the perfect uh, analogy there. And you know, it's right. I mean, folks, if you haven't seen this movie, go check it out. It's like, what, an hour and ten minutes or something? Mm, it's definitely under an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, okay, so eventually, you know, they... they in the 05, they, they, they make the playoffs, they lose in the second round or something in the, in the 04, 05 season. They come back, double down on their bad boy image. I mean, that was the whole thing, um, doubling down on that bad boy image. And, like, it's funny because I think that the film does a really good job of, like, portraying them as kind of like idiots yeah. in the first half. 
But then you see in the second half that actually they had like something kind of going on. I mean, it was the Broad Street Bullies all over again. Um, and they really had it, had it, had a, a vision and they took a team that was basically going to bankrupt Rupsy. They were, they were done. This team that they took over was done, morphed it into the Trashers and rebranded them and said, we're going to come out and play this bad boy image. And you know, the whole time, I love the Hardo commissioner of the UHL just like going out there and saying, if you're going to turn this into a fucking circus, I'll shut you down. And like just being a real Hardo about everything. Yeah. And never doing it. Right. Like it took the FBI to shut him down. Well, I mean, he, he handed out all sorts of suspensions. He did what he could. Yeah. He was in the process of doing like shutting this team down kind of, but he re- he couldn't argue with how they're, I mean. But so he said, he basically it eventually charmed him. Yeah. By the second season, he was starting to love it. Yeah, because, I mean, they probably, they had to be the highest earners of the league. Yeah. And who knows what, <laughs> what Galante what they were was. Throwing was yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know, man. I mean, and, and then when, when the hammer drops at the end of the, like, three quarters of the way through the film, you talk, they talk about, you know, it's incredible. Uh, Galante goes, James, he goes, all I know is that when, you know, when the shit hits the fan, the people that you thought would be with you the most turn their, turn their backs on you, stick a knife in your back, and the people that you don't think at all would be there for your support come in good. And they cut right to the scene of the UHL commissioner saying, yeah, I was questioned several times by the authorities. And all I could say was they've run a upstanding team financially. <laughs> <laughs> to my knowledge. And and you're right, Polly. I mean, he kind of was won over by the success on the ice and then the commercial success of the team. I mean, this was a packed crowd. This was a sold-out uh, small arena. It was only a single deck. Um, I'm not even sure if the bowl went around. I don't even know if it would be considered a bowl. I don't think that there was uh, fans on both sides of this arena. But they had, like, luxury seats and things. Uh, currently, this is the rink that uh, the NWHL, who is now the what's their new not PHF. Uh, the PHF is now playing in for the Connecticut Whalers. Connecticut Whale. Whale. I'm sorry. Whale. Yeah, and so that's one thing I wanted to point out is how you know they made a lasting contribution to this community. Yeah, it was a seventy or seven hundred and fifty. Person arena. Now it's three thousand, um, and you know that's one thing that I actually remember my grandfather telling me one time about how when the mafia was around in our hometown, how you could count on the streets being safe, and I think that's one thing that gets overlooked a little bit is some of the benefits that these organized families bring to their community. I mean, obviously there's a lot of bad, but you know, he, he put a hundred or 1.5 million into this arena. And now the whale get to play there. I think there's another minor league men's team and who knows how many, um, amateur teams play. Yeah, and I mean, during this, they have like a, I mean, the, the Trashers fan base 
have had yearly get-togethers of the of the fan. The fan base solidified so quickly and so solidly around this team that they've had like yearly get-togethers. And then they had like the the what was it? I mean, fifteen-year anniversary or something. Yeah, that it would have been. And Galante and and AJ Galante, they both James and AJ both showed up and. Yeah, I mean, it was at a local bar in Connecticut, and I mean, I don't know if you've ever been up to Connecticut, but the bar, the bars are really just, you know, they're, I don't, I don't know if there's like, it's not like Texas or or uh, even like Virginia where like or DC even like where there's like large whole buildings that are bars. It just seems like kind of like an old neighborhood bar, like from the Puritan times, you know, these small fucking houses that are basically turned into bars, and that's where they, that's where they met, and I mean it. It just seemed very. Uh, it, it's it's crazy how quickly the the real impact on the people is what you're t- saying, you know. Yeah. And folks, I'll be honest. If you have, a, you know, we're we're talking about DC here and Washington Capitals is our main thing, but you know, I've had the luxury, I guess you could say, of uh, being able to experience small time hockey in the sense of whether it be like the USHL, junior hockey, semi pro hockey, or you know, lower league pro hockey, like AHL or ECHL. I'll tell you what, first of all, the intimacy of the atmosphere is like none other. Okay. So like in an NHL game, everything is just bigger, louder, more people. Right. But as far as like, and, and I think that that's like a big draw to live hockey. If it's in an NHL arena or not, is that you get that like personal connection with the players. Like it's so close. It seems so real. I don't know. Like, you get what I'm saying, right, Paulie? Oh, yeah. Like, when you watch live hockey live, it's like you see everything. Things that they don't show you on TV, like the commercial breaks, things like that are, are another thing. But, like, you know, just, like, the interactions on the bench, things that you just don't see on TV and or they choose not to show you on TV because they're too ridiculous. But if you go to, like, a, a minor league or, or, or a junior arena that's pretty good, you know um, – You'll be able to, to really, I mean, be a part of, it seems like you're really, truly a part. I mean, a guy in the last row can yell something and the official is going to hear it. Ref, you suck from a guy who's loud enough in the back row. The official absolutely hears that. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Um, and everyone else around you knows that. And I mean, and then if they, you know, it's just the whole camaraderie in the crowd and getting chance going and stuff. I mean, it's it's unbeaten. Hockey live is never is never going to be beat in my eyes as far as like a live sporting event. But when it comes down to like taking a step down from the NHL and going and watching like a call co- like college even you know something under the NHL, I recommend that every single hockey fan, if you really truly love hockey, you should definitely go check it out if you can because you get that like heightened sense of intimacy. And I think that this this movie has encapsulated that and captured that like perfectly that the, with the fans when the, as far as the the regards of the fans are involved absolutely I mean I can really see the excitement that the fans had and I can remember at different times in history when games were like that for the wheeling nailers yeah you know, like and that's just not obviously people are pumped at the NHL games but like you're saying, it's just different. It is in the minor league, and it's not 
these million dollar athletes playing, which is always great to see. Don't get me wrong. You will tell a difference there for sure in the skill, the product on the ice, but it's more like, you know, this is a, a guy trying to make it and we're all kind of, you know, we're the, these guys are getting paid nothing. Yeah. You know, to play 20 grand a year. Uh, I remember talking to a lot of the minor league guys and it's like, yeah, I have to have like a summer job. Like, I play hockey is in, like, a detriment to my professional career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think in the ECHL, the the salaries normally are somewhere between twenty and 30000 Right. And, you know, obviously some of these guys are on NHL contracts and they're making a million a year, but the thing is is that they were, like, a high draft pick and fucked up or whatever that, ha- whatever that is, right? Yeah, and, you know, there's that old trope of um, – People like college football better because there's more passion. They're right. trying to get to the pros. They're not millionaires yet. Right. Well, that's the exact same thing with the sure. minor leagues. No doubt, no doubt, obvious, uh, uh, absolutely. And I, I, like I said, I think that the the intimacy of the like how the crowd comes together is a lot different than in NHL games. Yeah. Like NHL games, everybody's pissed off kind of because like I just paid 100 fucking 50 dollars to the seat. Like this better be awesome. I'm crammed in like a sardine. Like you know, I'm all pissed off. Uh, I'm here to watch this game and then leave. Get on the fucking metro, crowded ass metro, back to back to fucking Fairfax or wherever you're going, uh, or you know whatever that is. <laughs> in small town hockey town towns, it's like I'm just I'm gonna go to the bar later and drink and like I'll yeah. see you there I'm gonna pay 15 bucks for this ticket yeah. like I'm gonna dollar two dollar beers yeah. dollar two dollar beers on Friday night frosty Fridays what's up buy a ticket get a hot dog get a bunch of beer still spend way less than I did in the big city yeah you know you're usually there with multiple people you know right and you're close to your bar you don't have to fight big city traffic yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot there, and the the community of Danbury, obviously, you can see in the documentary, they were just so pumped to have something to rally behind. Yeah, not to mention that the the, the ground that they laid for the subsequent teams that are in there now, including the um, Connecticut Whale. Yeah, the Connecticut Whale. I so. think the Connecticut Whale should do a Trashers night. They should do a throwback jersey. Dude, <laughs> we need to find somewhere they're selling Trashers jerseys. Dude, they're probably, after this, they're probably going to be, like, expensive as fuck. That yeah. was a two-year run, dude. That's a two-year yeah. run jersey. Do you know how hard those are going to be to find? Those are going to be as hard to find as, like, the uh, the New Orleans brass yeah. jerseys that, that uh, Bayou, ben- shout out Bayou Benders, uh, was talking about, so... Dude, someone should look at getting the rights. Just start producing them. Mm-hmm. Well, just be careful. <laughs> Don't get your legs broken. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you get proper permission. Yeah, it, absolutely. There's, there's going to be a couple points on that. Right. <laughs> at least 10 points. All right. <laughs> All right, Cavs fans, check out that movie. Um, it, it's It's really a good one. I I was skeptical that Netflix is doing like a hockey movie like oh fuck how are they gonna fuck it up like they fucked everything else up um, or many other things up at least and then you know 
I, I was, but but I think they've really found a nice sweet spot here with this movie, um, and the characters are great. I would give it a good, a solid eight out of ten. Viewing, yeah, viewing experience. That's fair. All right. Well, Paul, you got anything else? Um, no. Oh <laughs> uh, right. yeah. Oh, well, go Raiders! Shut the fuck up, Paul. You know what he gives a shit. All right, Cavs fans. <laughs> Thanks for thanks for sticking us sticking with us. By the next time you hear us, uh, at least live, we'll be uh, having some hockey to talk about a little bit. I think. Yeah, little little preseason. Absolutely, not that it matters, but hey, it's better than what we've been. It's better than the, the fucking drivel that you've been hearing lately. So, yeah. until then, hockey troll, poly cupcakes, signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.